hello, hello, my beautiful, beautiful people. This is Catherine Laranger, your host of the My Dead Dragon podcast. And as always, know that I am so grateful that you're here and that you're choosing to spend some time with me. And today I am in conversation with Dr. Lisa Brewer, who is an expert in the metaphysical and spiritual world and a certified Reiki master teacher. And literally thousands of people around the world have sought Dr. Lisa Brewer's guidance through the decades. She works with light workers from all over the world and has had the honor of working with numerous podcasts, teachers, coaches, and social media influencers globally. And so Dr. Lisa and I had a conversation yesterday, I actually guested on her podcast. And uh, today she's guesting on mine. And it was so juicy and amazing. And I am beyond excited to continue this conversation and to really bring Lisa's story to you. So, so Dr. Lisa Brewer, would you start us off by sharing your story and how you came to realize that you had the choice to become the main character and heroine of your own story. Well, thank you, first of all, Catherine, for having me on. We did have an amazing conversation yesterday, and I'm still just like, ah, from that. So um, I'm, I'm very excited and honored to be here with you. Uh, I, I'm not going to start at the beginning. There's a whole beginning part. There's a whole prologue, or maybe you could say about like, two or two acts right um in this volume that would comprise war and peace probably probably eclipse it um from being a single parent um having one get well let's just say first of all growing up in a very dysfunctional um fear-ridden um and sometimes violent household Mm. um to attending northwestern university on an academic scholarship to not finishing my biochemistry major because I got pregnant at 20, right before the summer before my senior year, um, marrying that father and bearing another child, a son, so my mm-hmm. oldest daughter, my son, for, by my first marriage. And then that just went kaplooey. I mean, whatever. He just, it was just, we were, I was too young and he was too selfish. So there you go. Mm. Um, then getting into another long-term relationship and having another child and, and he and I are great. We're friends um, to this day, we make better friends than anything else, but we made a beautiful daughter. Mm. And so I go through this whole time of my life of not being the statistic that I was told that I should have been right. And on the outside, it looked as if I had everything together Mm. I rose up a corporate ladder uh, to learn marketing and sales and become like an upper mid-level manager, like always just almost getting to that VP level without a college degree Mm. at the time. Mm. You know, my doctorate is in metaphysics and divinity. And so I got that through alternative methods, you know, not a standard PhD. Um, So, but not having a college degree. I rose to these ranks, was making fabulous money, doing all these wonderful things. And from the outside, everyone would have thought that Mm -hmm. I just completely had it together. And I actually ended up, it was like I had this facade, right? This very tough exterior. You're not allowed, at least in my case, I'm sure there may be a couple other people like that, but I didn't have time 
to be what I considered soft or weak or anything else. Mm -hmm. I'm in male dominated positions and male dominated industries. I'm the mother and the father at home raising two daughters and one son and making sure that they not only respected me, but respected themselves and mm -hmm. making all those decisions and all that jazz. Oh, and by the way, along the way, I got ordained as a, as a Christian minister. And so I'm traveling around the country, three kids in tow, <laughs> <laughs> just like, Hey, you know, Oh my goodness. Uh, Unstoppable. <laughs> I don't even know how I did it right now. Yeah. I have no clue. <laughs> we had a great life. And then the kids grew up and they became adults and everybody's, you know, out of the house and whatnot. And um, by this point, I'm going to fast forward through all of this because I was faking it. Mm. Like, yes, I was successful to a degree, but there was a point I realized I kept self-sabotaging. Now I realize that I kept mm. self-sabotaging just before I got that VP, just before a business I started exploded and just was like, wow, right? Just mm. before all these things, just before mm. something would happen. And it didn't, t it took me till I was 48 years old to figure this out. So hopefully someone's listening and you're younger than 48 and you hear me and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's another way. <laughs> Please. So um, going through all of this. And so I, by this point, I had my granddaughter, my, my um, eldest granddaughter. And, um, you know, life was just great. And but the one thing I had always said, because, you know, growing up in a very Christian, you know, standard, whatever, and I'm from Wisconsin, like here, like people just get married. It's mm. not like other, I, I find it not like other states or definitely metropolitan areas, right? L like living in Chicago, there wasn't a, a, a need or a push to get married. That wasn't like mm. a pressure. Mm -hmm. But here in Wisconsin, no matter where you're, you're living, that's just kind of the thing to do. Mm. And you're and it's this everyone kind of looks at you like kind of pitiful if you're single hmm. uh, you know whatever i don't care anymore but so the one thing i had said all my life was that when the kids grew up and they moved out that would be my time i was going to be in my 40s because I, again i was a young mother mm -hmm. and i was going to get remarried and live the fairy tale life that mm. finally I got to be Cinderella, right? The happily yeah. ever after. <laughs> happily ever after. Yeah. Happily ever after that I would meet my king slash prince charming and, you know, we would rule all seven kingdoms mm -hmm. and we would just have this fabulous life. And I had set a time frame for that mm -hmm. because I'm a, I used to be very much the time frame person. So I'm like, by 45. Mm. I'm remarried. That's it. Kids mm -hmm. grown. We're done. Well, it wasn't quite 45, but so I felt I was running late. Mm. Uh, and, but about 40, at about 46, 47 years old, somewhere around there, um, I met my second husband mm. who is 18 years older than me and provided me, mm, 
what I thought to be was going to be the stability. The age difference didn't matter because we would go to jazz and blues clubs and we'd go out to eat and we'd go all do these you know, all these wonderful things. He was already retired. It just did. So the age difference didn't matter. I'm still working, of course, and it. But it didn't matter. We had a fabulous time. And at some point, though, I realized. Well, I didn't realize actually. My mother did when she came to mm. visit. She's like. He feels like your father. You know, he mm. didn't look anything like him. My father's was a black man. Terry's Caucasian. So, you know, he didn't look like him. But he had that energy and that spirit, right? Mm. And what it was for me was I finally felt like I had a person, a partner that um, loved, honored, adored, and adored me. And I did not have to make all these decisions on my own. I had someone that I could kind of say here, and I don't have to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. And and raising kids and being on your own like that, all those years, there were times where I was like, I really wish I had someone to share this yeah, with. Yeah, You know? And that's okay to feel like that. And that's okay mm -hmm. to want someone to share it with. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is I was looking for someone to take away all this, what I perceived as pain and suffering. And I wanted mm -hmm. this like knight in shining armor. Here you are. You're my husband. You're mm -hmm. going to take care of everything. I need not worry about anything. I just can go to work and come home and cook and clean and do all those great things that I love to do. But I was really absolving myself of any responsibility and accountability for my own life. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yeah. But that was a good Christian thing to do, right? That's what we do. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to sub submit to the husband and you know whatever he says goes and yeah. all this thing. And I found myself actually becoming a submissive wife. Hmm. Only it wasn't a man that deserved any of that. Hmm. As I found out about, I don't know, a year and a few months later. So into this thing a year, um, we go and we rent and find a, ho a home, um, wanted to move out of the little small city that we were in. And so we rented the house that I now own. <laughs> um, it was rent with the option and everything. Um, but I had begun to notice certain things were happening. Like, you know, he kept his phone super close to him or we'd go up to his kind of family farm, if you will, in Northern Wisconsin and, you know, have a great weekend. But then I was, shoot off pretty early on Sunday morning and he wouldn't get back to like, you know, late Sunday. And it's like an hour and a half drive. Like there was no real reason mm -hmm. to be gone all day. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, um, he'd go out more on his own. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I finally did the one thing I tell everybody not to do is like, Listen, don't look in their phones unless you intend to get the answer. Yeah. Now, I did it quite innocently. We were up north and I was inside taking a nap and he and his family were, son and daughter-in-law were out doing something to the, to the kind of barn area. And all of a sudden his phone went off. 
and this was before we got married, mind you, a few months before we actually got married to show you how nuts I was. Um, mm. Anyway, so it was buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. And so I picked it up because I honestly wasn't even thinking I was taking a nap. And I opened it up. I realized I was like, oh, oh somebody's emailing him and he sold cars and stuff like that. So mm. didn't think anything of it. Uh, and here this was this email from this woman that he had been emailing back and forth and wanting to make arrangements for them to rendezvous again hmm. after we got back home. Hmm. So I lost it. I hmm. went out to the where they were working and I'm just like literally completely lost it, packed up my stuff. I'm like, I'm out of here. Da 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 da. And um, went into town, was going to leave. I'm getting these text messages, and I'm just like, crap. His grandkids were there. So I go back. We talk, and he assures me that it's just, you know, sexting, and he doesn't know why he does this and all this stuff. And I knew then that was a complete lie. I had known he was cheating for a while. Hmm. I kept on though. Why? Because I didn't want to lose the Prince Charming and I didn't want to show the rest of the world that I had once again failed and Hmm. chosen a partner that wasn't a good partner. Hmm. I wanted to be married and I wanted to have the facade and I wanted to have that life more than I wanted to have my own integrity or my own happiness. Hmm. I catch more and more. I start taking screenshots and everything like that. I can't even begin to tell you why I ended up getting married on September 1st of whatever year that was. I literally put this out of my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we got married. And after the day we came back from our little kind of vacation, honeymoon, if you will, the woman that he was messing around with up north texts him. This is three days, five days after we got married. Oh, I can't believe you wouldn't got married on me. You sure you're going to be able to still see me? You're going to come up here next weekend. I know she was with you the whole time. I know you didn't really want her there. I broke down crying. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, that then now it's getting turned on me. Mm. It's getting turned on me. I shouldn't be looking. I shouldn't be thinking it. Don't worry about it. It's just talk. It's nothing. It's nothing. And I'm like, she said da da da. Um. And everybody was telling me my light was leaving me. Like they'd be like, "Are you okay? <sighs> you don't really look okay." Um, fast forward like five, six months of September, October, November, December, January, February, March, six months, March 21st, I walked through the door. I was sick as a dog, hundred and some odd fever, flu, horrible, and came home during the day. The only time I did not dutifully call him Mm. and say, hey, I'm on my way home. Do you want anything? Do you need anything? Because I would always check in because I didn't Mm. want him to think that I was cheating Mm. because he was like, everyone's cheated on me, right? Mm. Even though I knew he was cheating. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, long story short, I caught him in the act 
in my home hmm. on that day, kicked him out, let him come back a couple of days later. We get into this big argument. I was absolutely finally done. He went and took a pocket knife out that he had had. I'm in the kitchen and I'm thinking, I don't, I'm like, oh my God, what's about to happen? Mm -hmm. But he slit either side of his throat in front of me. Wow. Not deep, but yeah. I freaked out. I called yeah. the police and then his whole countenance changes and he says, gotcha. I spent the night in jail because he told the police that I had tried to kill him. Now, thankfully, the next day I'm here. So, you know, no charges were pressed or anything like that. But I was in literal mortal fear that at any point in time, he would try to re-resurrect those charges. Mm. That he would, you know, this was like this ultimate crazy thing mm -hmm. that had happened. And I'm talking to my friends and all these people and people that I knew from the church. And they're all just like, well, you just, what did you, what did you do, Lisa? Oh, wow. You just got to give him grace. You just mm -hmm. got to, it's just pray for him. And I'm not saying prayer doesn't work. I'm just saying in that moment in time, what, mm -hmm. you know, just do this, just do that. Just keep on going on. It will all work out. I finally got rid of him about three, two, two to three weeks later, once I got myself together and filed for divorce myself. And, um, and then I lost my job a week after I put him out. Hmm. I was downsized for standing up for someone in my organization. And here I am no husband, no job, a ton of bills to pay. And I just sat down and cried. Yeah. And I finally, my, one of my good girlies came over, because I'm still sick, by the way. I was sick for mm -hmm. six weeks straight. They thought mm -hmm. I had all manner of diseases and leprosy or something. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but my good girlie came over, and she was like, you're so much stronger than you have any idea. Mm. You're much stronger than you know. No one's coming for you. She's like, you told me that how many times, so I'm gonna tell you, no one's coming. Mm. Stand up, get up mm. and get moving. And in that moment, I'm like, you're right. Nobody's coming for me. Yeah. This fairy tale life is not for me. Not that I don't deserve to have a partner, mm -hmm. but to go about it as a broken person, mm -hmm. I was going to get another broken person yeah. or I was going to get someone else that was going to break me. And yeah. it was about time that I got up on my own white horse and I got off and rode off into the sunset off on my own adventure, mm -hmm. not worried about what everybody else thought. Yeah. So that's when it started. That's when I started going within and started meditating and mm. just finding out who Lisa honestly was. Because mm -hmm. I had been a mother and a grandmother and a this and a that and a wife and a that, da, 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 da. I didn't know who I was. Mm. 
And when I found her, she's wonderful. Mm. Wow, Lisa, there's so much there. So, so first of all, I want to honor you for sharing this. And um, in in the pre the pre show conversation, you you shared that this is the first time you've actually shared some of the details. And so, I am honoring you. I am witnessing you for standing in this powerful place of truth. And I'm just so grateful that you chose to, to step forward and share and shine your light and the truth of your story. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a space to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, and I, some of the things that, that I, really kind of stand out for me is this idea of this facade, right? That's so, so often we can find ourselves holding this facade where we're kind of like hollowed out on the inside, but it looks like it's all together on the outside. And then there's also this idea where we sacrifice ourselves for the idea of something like we buy into the idea of happily ever after looks like this, or, you know, a mm-hmm. good woman does this or a good mother or a good wife or a good partner. Mm-hmm. And and we sacrifice parts of ourselves to uphold that idea that's that's not even really ours right we kind of Mm-mm. we we bought into it of, of course because that's kind of just how how it works mm-hmm. and and through that process we we kind of erode there's this erosion of ourselves right and and so i love that you you really had a spiritual eviction you know that's that's kind of one of those things right (laughs) is where the universe is whispering it's whispering it's turning up the volume it's Uh turning up the volume we know like if we're really really honest with ourselves we know like oh this really isn't working for me you know when i really check in with me but but we're kind of bought into the idea of whatever it is that we're buying into and so it can be too painful or difficult to to really really get honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. and so as the universe turns up the volume sometimes it's it's a spiritual eviction it's a holy Mm -hmm. eviction where it's like okay like you're not you're not hearing you're not getting the message so boom there's there goes your husband boom there goes your job boom there goes all this right? Mm -hmm. It's it's like this big kind of clearing that comes in to give us this opportunity to, Mm -hmm. to rise. And so you had this opportunity and you had choices about, okay, well, am I going to continue this pattern Mm -hmm. of self-sabotaging, of eroding myself, of sacrificing myself, of like buying into this idea of this happily ever after, or am I going to actually choose to get to know Lisa? Mm-hmm. And say, I tried all that. It didn't work. Look where it got me. I'm going to try something different. So, yeah. so how did you, I'm curious, how did you in that process make that choice to, to do something differently? Well, I knew that if I didn't, I was going to literally die. Mm-hmm. I had been sick for six weeks when I kind of flippantly talked about that. 
but I had been sick, physically ill for six weeks, so much so that my doctor at the time had me going through like this whole battery of tests, mm. blood tests, endocrine tests, all these things. They thought I had some rare reaction to high blood pressure medication or something, something, some rare something that basically was mm. kind of killing off my endocrine system. Mm. Um. And I guess all my life, having been raised in this charismatic, the charismatic non-denominational Christian church, we believed in, there's kind of the spiritual side of church, right? So mm -hmm. um, so I understood, I had a, a basic understanding of how that whole thing could work and that I realized that I was dying spiritually. Yeah. And that was killing me physically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but the old things that I used to do to revive myself, to resurrect myself, weren't working. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't working. It was, it just didn't hold enough for me. And that's when I realized, you know, there's more. Yeah. There's more to me. There's more to this than what I've been told and taught. Mm. And I absolutely had to find it. Interestingly enough, I started it, finding it through my counselor at the time who was helping me through all of this. But um, one of our first sessions, I went to her and I sat down and she was, she was already, Anne was in her late 60s, early 70s by this point. She's still she was still working at the time. And I said, you have something else. And she's like, mm. what? I'm like, there's something else you do. Mm -hmm. And she was just kind of sat back and looked and she was like, well, you really are as intuitive as I thought you were when I first met you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cause I get tired of it. I hear that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the goods. What are you holding back from me? <laughs> what do you know to do that I have no clue? Yeah. And she introduced me to meditation and she introduced me to chakras and she introduced me to this whole thing that I had been told was bad, 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 bad. Mm. And I'm like, what? I always thought something else was here. <laughs> you yeah. know? And that just opened me up to finding and discovering my divinity. Mm. I, I had to do it, otherwise I was going to die, Catherine. I'm, yeah. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic. I know yep. I would have. Yeah, right. That that dis that disease in the spirit manifests in the body. Right. Our, yes. our body is a reflection of. It's all energy. It's all yes. energy. Yeah, and and so as a metaphysical, you're an ordained metaphysical minister, or a metaphysical I'm an ordained Christian minister. Okay. And then I studied metaphysics, um, and then uh, along the way, they're like, "Oh, you've you've been doing this divinity thing for so long." So, so we got this whole. We did an interesting little alternative, you know, cert certification and whatnot. So, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So, so what would the what would the metaphysics of that be? That that physical disease right now, knowing what you know now, how would you? maybe describe or explain that? Well, the, literally the emotions of, um, you know, self-hate, I guess I could say that, self-loathing, or mm. um, uh, allowing your personal power to go outside of you and then becoming this codependent, you know, 
glob of like kind of just toxic energy flowing through you um when we don't do our work when we don't do our shadow work if you will our healing work what happens Mm. is that toxicity becomes rooted and grounded within us Mm. and then it begins to permeate our entire being and our energy is our emotions and so especially um when you have an empath you know a feeler Mm -hmm. and they get with you know the dreaded narcissist um what happens is that exacerbates the pain that's within us Mm. and we're so busy trying to fix them Mm. and we get so depleted of all of our good healthy energy right because we're not getting any back we're not we're out of balance yeah and don't have those boundaries right and don't recognize that narcissist when they show up because usually we draw them in yeah yeah we an unhealed empath will draw in a narcissist yeah because we don't attract what we want we attract who we are and i love how you how you identified that that you know you recognize that if you didn't do your work you would continue to attract be drawn to get into relationship with people who were at that same kind of vibrational frequency of you and or as you and you know i think that's such a such an important thing for people to know is that as we do our own healing right as we go through our own journey we then become available to greater more expanded levels of love abundance joy happiness all of those things absolutely it's my belief i said this and then i've I've now since read it a couple places but shadow energy or the, the the energy that's kind of down in our lower three chakras right um hurt pain all of that that's dense energy we know that mm-hmm. but i believe that that's energy that actually is looking to be set free mm-hmm. and elevated yeah so as we do our work we just set more of who we are free mm-hmm. and we allow it to then go back through our body again because our Mm -hmm. cellular body responds to the internal energy Mm -hmm. so we elevate ourselves go ahead sorry oh no yeah i i love the idea of alchemizing right as we are as we are holding space for our experiences to emerge within us right as we're as we're having the courage because it does take courage let's be clear to look at those denser experiences that maybe we've been carrying up until this point we then have an opportunity to really glean the learnings and the lessons release the parts that don't serve us and truly transform those experiences so that that flow of energy and vitality becomes available to us yes precisely and we elevate ourselves yeah it's like you know living in a raised ranch right home Mm. so you get above the floodplain because you've Mm. raised the foundation of the house three feet so it's not that those things never happened to us but and it's not that those types of people and energy will never come across your path again but now when you raise yourself up like that, mm-hmm. when they come in the space, mm-hmm. I don't have the same response to them. Why? Because yeah. I'm not drawing them in anyway. Yeah. I don't You're have not, this yeah. hurt that needs somebody to come in and continue to hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. You like know? a puzzle piece, right? You've yeah. kind of shifted your puzzle piece. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. I put my own in there 
okay, I completed that part. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't need that anymore. Yeah. I got yeah. the lesson, right? I got the yes. lesson. Yes. Mm. And so, so you talked about Anne, your counselor, and I, you know, I want to kind of talk about or hear your thoughts on or experiences with guides and mentors along the way and, and what role those people played for you. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that it is extremely, it has been extremely important um, to me over the last, especially five years, but over the majority of my life. I've always had mentors, even in the in the corporate space, that taught me skills. Right, they saw a natural ability, and they taught me skills that then helped me elevate my career. And it is the same way in life, just in general, and definitely if you're in like a healing or counseling space, um, to to really attract and draw in. We can all manifest the right mentor or mentors, the right guides um, to help us elevate, to help us to uh, hone our skills, if you will, because a lot, all of us have raw talent, but there's some of us, you know, who've already taken a certain amount of time and effort and done what we needed to do. And we, we have honed our skills and now we're ready to help others do so. So I myself have two coaches right now, they do very, they're doing very different things for me, but I have two coaches and I have about three accountability partners. Yeah. So I make sure that I am underneath that kind of guidance at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I same, right? We can't see our own blind spots. And if we want to continue that elevation, it's, it's, it's never done. And as we, you know, as we kind of move up the spiral, it actually becomes more and more exciting because we know what's available to us as we do that work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Lisa, if you could, if you could look back, you know, to yourself, maybe at a younger age mm -hmm. or at that moment of breakdown where you really, really literally had a choice to live or die, if you had some advice or words of wisdom to share with yourself, what would that be? You are more than enough. You don't need anyone to complete you. You don't need anyone to validate you. Love yourself completely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you, how did you learn how to love yourself? Um, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Uh, I looked at the darkest parts of myself. Mm. And I actually began to forgive myself. Mm. Uh, I, 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 t I teach this with, you know, when I'm working with, with people one on one or groups. The biggest, to me, the biggest, one of the biggest chunks of healing that we don't talk about is the need to forgive ourselves. Yeah. We talk about forgiveness of the others that hurt us. Mm -hmm. But if you think back to all this, especially when you're a child, right? Um, things happen in the family and there's a little part of you that takes on responsibility for that mm -hmm. as if it was your own fault or as if you had something to do with like why mom and dad split up or why they're arguing or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. 
we need to forgive ourselves. And I honestly, it was, it was interesting. I, I literally had to forgive myself for allowing myself to be in this situation mm -hmm. because your spirit is eternal even though your mm -hmm. physical body is a child at that moment yeah. so your eternal spirit knows this is wrong and it's like oh, what the heck are we doing yeah. um but it was this really interesting forgiveness of self um and taking accountability for the fact that listen these were the this was what i chose to do this was the life mm -hmm. that i knew before i was born i was going to live mm -hmm. so i'm going to forgive this person i'm going to forgive myself and now i'm going to take the lesson yeah and let's go on yeah that's such an important um part of the journey i believe and like you we spend in in my coaching programs we spend time on that self-forgiveness and you know just as you were sharing that i got this kind of um sense that every time we forgive ourselves for showing up unskillfully for giving away our power right knowing that we're we're really truly doing the best we can with what we have in any moment yeah and and if we could have done differently we would have and as we go back and and then even in the moment forgive ourselves for being unskillful giving away our power we're actually drawing a little piece of ourselves back into us, right? Yeah. It's like there's like little bits of ourselves that we've left along the way. And when we forgive ourselves, we're, we're kind of creating a space for that power to come back in. Yes, the shamans, um, uh, I'm a shaman as well. We call that soul retrieval. Mm. You, we do leave little bits and pieces of ourselves yeah. in those moments and in those yeah. energies. And yes, you do bring it back. Yeah. 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 Mm, I love mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the, and, and I love how you talked about the facade, right? And I got this kind of idea of like a, when you roast a marshmallow and how it just like expands and expands and it kind of hollows <laughs> out on the inside. And, and so to kind of flip that in, mm. in a more positive or, or uplifting context, we all also are on this growth journey, right? We're, we're, and it's a choice to be clear, we have a choice, right? We can choose to just kind of stay where we are, or mm -hmm. choose to grow. And mm -hmm. when we choose to grow, we're always going to have a learning edge, right? We're always going to have an edge of, okay, this is kind of what I've known to this point. And on the other side of it, it's often takes some fear, some courage to kind of move past it. But what does that growing edge look like for you? Where are you at in your green growing edge? Right now? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right now I am enjoying like getting back out into the world, if it's mm. virtually or like, you know, physically and being able to interact with, with women like yourself, with spiritual leaders and thought leaders and all this all over the world as we're mm -hmm. talking about raising the vibrational um, set point of humanity and mm -hmm. and teaching others how to be empowered. And uh -huh. so now I'm gaining other skills 
like you know some more business skills and and then the skills of podcasting and the skills Mm -hmm. of video creation and all of these things so that i can deliver the message Mm -hmm. and and so they can give a space for others to come and a platform for them to speak on right Mm -hmm. and and for us to broadcast this energy everywhere so Mm -hmm. that's like that's so exciting to me it's so exciting i'm so thrilled to watch those at work you know with those, my students and stuff like that and you know they're like building their 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 practice and yeah. they're helping people and they're mm. growing and i get so much from that that's just like it just lights me up yeah. um so yeah this is like the next adventure like i'm 53 now and i don't know how i'm supposed to feel mm. But I don't feel like however I think I'm supposed to feel. Yeah. It's like I'll be doing this, honey. I'm gonna be like Betty White and then, you know, I'm right. gonna turn a full century <laughs> or past that. Like I will be being fabulous that long. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Um, so yeah, I'm just looking for like this next whole adventure. It's a whole new thing. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you love to feel, right? Not how how would you sh- how should you feel? Because yes. I too like there's this idea like oh I'm like X age I should feel this, but like well how would I love to feel like I could actually create that? Oh, absolutely. So you know people say to me all the time they're like you're 53 you don't look it. Well, thank you. I don't yeah. feel it either. Yeah, I don't act it either. Sure don't. <laughs> sure don't. I know more about pop culture than my kids do, and they're in their 30s and late 20s. So I. <laughs> <laughs> no, mm. I just I don't mm. I don't act my age. Mm. I act my energy. Nah, oh, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And so, so can you share a little bit about kind of what you're doing now and how people can connect with you? And I know that you have um, you have a special something for my my listeners, my community. Could you talk about that? Sure. Well, um, what I have, what we're doing now, uh, the overall umbrella of everything is Heart of Inspiration. And my website is heartofinspiration.net. YouTube is Heart of Inspiration. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Heart of INSP and Heart of Inspiration on Facebook. That's kind of, we try to keep it that way. But underneath Heart of Inspiration is the school of Elena. Mm -hmm. And Elena is a fixed star in the Cancerian constellation. And she stands for wisdom, righteousness, power, Mm -hmm. all those, and healing, and all of that's her energy. So the school of Elena, we do things like limitless lightworker certification, we do Lightworker Business Acceleration, and we also have Finding You in the Universe. But what I have for you all, because those are all like, you know, when you're ready to do that and really like live this life out loud, mm-hmm. so to speak, turn this light on, that's great. I'd love to have y'all. But what I have for you is I actually have two guests. Um, mm-hmm. I recently wrote an uh, interactive ebook. Ooh. Yes called it's an e-guide it's not really a whole book anyway uh, it's called living the quantum life Mm -hmm. vibrating at the frequency of your future and so there's teaching in here there's meditations there's video um, teaching as well and there are exercises within this book to prompt you to think Mm -hmm. and to prompt you to feel 
and to prompt you to heal so that you can vibrate at the frequency of your future because it's out mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. You just got to raise your vibrational frequency up there and then connect. And yeah. here it comes in a quantum manner and mm -hmm. not just plodding along year after year. Yeah. That's mm. super exciting. And I'm that's like so excited free. to see that. Oh my <laughs> goodness. So excited to see that. Oh, it's completely free. Wow. Uh, yes. And then you get that, you go through that. And then starting on the 18th, 18th, 19th, and 20th of, uh, of February here, we're going to be having, it's a free workshop, mm. light worker liftoff, three days to launch your spiritual business. Ooh. That's completely free. Wow. Completely free. And there are some VIP options as well when you go and go to the to the site. But guys, let me get let me take three days, okay, and help you get going mm. and give you the tips, the tools to launch your business and launch it properly. Oh, I love that. And so amazing amazing lisa i cannot wait to to download those myself oh my goodness <laughs> and so of course for my listeners all of those links will be in the show notes and on social it'll be in um in in the uh the show notes on on the podcast channels and then on the youtube uh video as well you can find all of that there so wow cannot wait to check those out and so Lisa, to kind of bring it in for a landing here, just is yeah. there anything left that you would love to speak into the space and or any last words for my community from your heart to theirs? No one's coming to save you, but you don't need anyone to. You are more than enough, beautifully and wonderfully and powerfully created. I believe in you. You believe in you too. Mm. <sighs> and I am fully receiving that, fully receiving that. And so, Lisa, thank you so much for this beautiful, juicy, uplifting conversation for sharing parts of your story that you haven't spoken into the space before. And I just I'm so grateful, so grateful. And to my listeners, my community. Mm, I love you. I hope you I know you, too. you are amazing. <laughs> you are phenomenal. You are wonderful. You are talented. You are worthy and you deserve to live a life that you love and I'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.